Welcome to Two Fireflies in a Pod. I'm Shannon. And I'm Sonia. And this is a podcast where we talk about HBO's The Last of Us and also the game that'll come with it. This episode, we're talking about episode three titled Long, Long Time. And let's just get into it because I love it. Let's get that out of the way. I love the episode. Long, long time, long, long emotions. Yes. So we open up because last episode, we had the Tess incident, if we all remember. Uh, we open up with Joel by the river in the woods making um, a, a rock structure called a Karen. It is a Karen. For, okay, and yeah. I'm sorry. I love Joel, and I know that this was like a little tribute to Tess, so part of me loved it too. But like the hiker and like the survivalist in me just you're not supposed to do that shit it like it causes erosion and if unless it's there for directional purposes don't do it joel PSA. i liked it <laughs> as a non-hiker and a non-survivalist and a lover of tests oh you know what i actually i forgot to mention i wanted to mention um the original tests i think we should mention it in this episode annie Wershing. she played the test in the video game i just want to acknowledge how great she did and uh, i'm really sad about her passing from fuck cancer basically just fuck cancer, fuck cancer. But she brought tests to life in the game and she helped make this all possible for us to enjoy the show it was so. it was recent wasn't it it was like yesterday, I think, when the epi- like it the news came out and the episode was yes yeah, yesterday, I think. Oh, I don't like that timing. Yeah. So I just wanted to acknowledge that and just give her the props that she absolutely fucking deserves. Um, so I like the Karen. I like the acknowledgement. I was afraid that they weren't going to do it. Or not that specifically, but acknowledge it at all. I do appreciate that because so often, and I get it, like, like in, in a show that has 10 episodes, you kind of have to keep going, but it wouldn't have felt right if both Joel and Ellie just kind of ditched the thought of Tess and her sacrifice. Right. Uh, so Ellie's waiting for Joel back at camp. He gave her his jacket to stay warm. I just want to mention that. Um, and then he threw a snack. At- I love that. Like, I hate you. <laughs> But here's a jacket, so you're not cold. And don't talk but to me. I like how he like he was taking <laughs> he was taking the snack. Oh, I saw. Oh my god, I saw your foster behind you walk around. I think. Yeah. And I thought it was. <laughs> I thought it was my dog. <laughs> so I like looked back. How did that happen? <laughs> uh, I was like, she's not that dark. She's tan. Uh, so I like how he um he he was like he he was taking the bites out of snacks, and then he looks at it and he's probably like. Oh crap! I gotta feed her too. He's so <laughs> he, resentful. Like, tosses it to her. Yeah. So Ellie wants to talk to Joel, and he's like, "I don't want your sorries." And she's like, "Excuse me, that's not what I was gonna say. I don't know you, apology. You guys did this on your own. Bomb move on her part." And she's a hundred percent correct. And you see the realization on his face that, like, shit, she's right. I, th- I think it's one of those things that's like respect. You're right. Still, <laughs> like, still yeah. hate you. But respect. Fair point, but <laughs> still mad. So they set off to Bill and Frank's. Um, they're walking down the road, and this is kind of where they're kind of do some small chit chat. She asks him like how he got the scar on his head. He got shot, or he got shot at and missed. But I don't know. He has a scar, so they didn't miss. They missed, but they didn't miss. And at first, I thought it was like this isn't from Sarah because that was higher up. That was lower. That down. was lower down. That was the abdomen. Right. So this is just living the 20 years in the post-apocalypse she asks him why he's on alert is he wait is he like worried about infected he's like no he's worried about people and she asks if bill and frank are nice and he says frank is then of course because she has to it's like basically part of the character she also asks for a gun because it's just the two of them now and he's like nope 
just shuts her down completely. Um, when they come upon a, a gas station store called Cumberland Farms, um, it's one of the pit stops for Joel and Tess where they stash supplies on their way to Bill and Frank's. Ellie sees a Mortal Kombat arcade game and gets super excited. And I love this little moment because it is a reference to a different game, a fake game in the Last of Us video game called The Turning. The character that they talk about in that game is Angel Knives, where in this one it's Melina. And I liked, I, I do like the change. I mean, I was a little bit disappointed in a bit, but I do like the change because it kind of like still anchors it into the real world. It does. And I, I understood that. It's a cute little 90s reference. And it was just a cute little nod to the game. I appreciate those so much. And yeah. I, I love that it's Joel couldn't remember where he stashed all of his stuff. Yeah, I like, oh, you don't know where it is? He's like, I'm just, uh, what is, I'm just zeroing in on it. Is what he yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, no, stupid little brat child. <laughs> <laughs> so then Ellie goes on to explore in the, the back room. And I like the little quip there. She's like, is there anything bad in there? And Joel's just like, just you. Second time, second time for that yes. comment. I'm, I'm, I'm here for this, this type of banter between them. But did you notice that it was so like it's the same banter. And even though they just had this conversation about Tess and obviously they both have feelings about each other and that situation. But even using that same line, the tension is thawing. It is. Yeah, I think I think, you know, it's like I think it's like one of those things where we just can't see the whole thing. But obviously, we're not only seeing the moments where at least talking to Joel on their walk. So there are these little moments that we see like hints of and then. These kind of just portray how their relationship is kind of going back to what it was, at least before the test incident. Um, so Ellie goes into the back room of the store and finds a trap door to the basement. And I'm wondering, did they miss that? It would be so... Okay, I couldn't stop thinking about that too, because when I raid buildings and games, I double check things 15 times. There's a moment in this episode, too, where Joel, once, like, once again, shows that he is a survivalist. He knows what to do. I can't see them overlooking such an obvious door. Yeah, that's that was I mean, to be fair, when she does go down, it is pretty picked over. The only thing she does find is the tampons. But still, it kind of like implied that they missed it, too. 100 percent. 100 percent. It wasn't very well. It wasn't even really hidden. It was like kind of hidden under papers and stuff, but it was, it was, you know, I mean, sure. Like in the games, we get shinies, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shinies. Look here, look here. <laughs> and they don't, but still, like, I, I, I kind of, I have a hard time believing that they would have missed it. I think they just missed the Tampax, which I do like that they've had on this show. Because I feel like a lot of kind of survivalist, post-apocalyptic kind of thing, they don't really acknowledge that bodily functions still exist in the post-apocalypse. Right. It's, it's Unless it's bullshit. like an active story point. Like if you're going to talk about like if we're going to make COVID into the post-apocalypse, they would talk about the great like toilet the toilet paper disaster. Right. But that's right, only right. because it's like a storyline. I, I did like the little addition. So she we have this teenage girl opening a dark hatch, going to explore it and finding tampons. And it's such just like post-apocalyptic girly things. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, good. That's a good stash. So while she's uh, looking through, she hears a clicker and it's stuck under a bunch of rubble from some sort of collapse. And then Ellie walks up to it slowly and kind of kneels down to observe it. Like she just, she has a very blank face during this scene. And then she takes out her knife and slowly slices into the clicker's forehead. There's not 
it doesn't bleed much. It's like how the um the the doctor lady in the other episode sliced into the leg. It's just kind of like fibers or whatever, and then suddenly stabs it into the head, killing it. And I'm not a hundred. I'm not too sure what I think about that scene. I couldn't make out. I couldn't make out what intention they were going for. Like part of me thought maybe and this thing bit her. It, it one of these things bit not a clicker, but you know a type of infected bit her. Killed us. It started this life for her that obviously she's struggling to deal with. But I think there was something deeper. Yeah. Into that. And it kind of I goes feel- back to her staring when, when Joel was beating the shit out of the uh, soldier and she was she was kind of staring the same way. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You're right. I missed that. But you're right. You're you're completely correct. It's I don't I don't know how to describe. It's almost like the robot is learning. Right. Like <laughs> the kill corners are starting yeah. to click. <laughs> the kill corners <laughs> being developed in her brain, like her kill room. She's starting to develop the whole thing. Um, so, I mean, that's just something I think we should keep in mind going forward. Keep an eye on Ellie. Joel noticed that she's been missing for a bit when she comes out of the room and shows him the tampon. And he has no idea what just happened. Uh, Joel does put the assault rifle into the stash hole. And his explanation of how it's practically useless because it's almost out of ammo makes sense. But the gamer in me is like, you don't know how lucky you are to have that, to so have that type of gun. <laughs> and you're just giving it away. And bullets, and when do you that, come across a, bu- a stash of bullets tomorrow, Joel? He does that a few times. In the, and uh, this episode is perfect. Like, uh, let me just put that out there. It's perfect. But that's the, it's my gamer brain is the only problem I have with some of the decisions Joel makes in this episode. It's a clunky gun. Yeah. And in, in like a realistic life scenario where you can't just like press three buttons and like switch between rifles. It absolutely makes sense. But like exactly the gamer in me is furious well i was thinking about it yesterday in my like i was thinking he kind of like lets a lot of guns go that we'll see and i was thinking i carry everything like realistically i should have been eaten by clickers a hundred times before just for all the guns clanging together because i can just keep them all on me and i like i'll upgrade every kind of pocket i can so i can keep more on me for his quick switch (laughs) no i need them all and then i never use them because i'm too terrified to use it so my gameplay is always so hard because i never use anything they give me because what if i need it five minutes from now i play on hard without playing on hard So uh, Joel and Ellie are continuing down the road toward Bill and Frank's when they come up upon a crashed plane up a hill. Joel tells Ellie that he's flown in a plane before, but he's not really appreciative of the experience. And she's just like, dude, you've been in the sky. It's fair. But then he's like, yeah, so who are they? I've been in the the sky plenty of times. And as somebody who needs a lot of Xanax and vodka to fly, I 100% understand Joel. But the concept of being in the sky is wild. How do you say vodka? Vodka. (laughs) Ooh, I wasn't born here. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, I've flown with you. And I think you you did have, like, anybody need some Xanax? (laughs) I don't, I don't have, I don't have flight anxiety. I just, my, my problem with flying is I can't sleep on them. And I seem to only fly with people that can. So I think we went, we went to Canada and that wasn't that long of a flight, so it's fine. But when I went to South Africa, I was like just surrounded by people that were able to sleep. I'm like 13 hours and I just like 
just staring at the stupid little plane on the screen. I just can't sleep on planes. I don't know. I can sleep on car in cars, no no problem. But planes, I have. Oh, I can't do it. But I do. I I don't have. I don't care if we crash, basically, because I don't control that. <laughs> exactly. It's terrifying. <laughs> See, my anxiety is very kind of narcissistic. It's things that I can control that makes me anxious. If I can't control anything, I'm fine. Like if I almost crash my car while driving, I get anxious. If I'm in a passenger side, I laugh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I we walk out died. of my house and I will start thinking, it's so awful. I think of 10 ways that a tree next to me can kill me. Like, that is like that is how I function, which is why I connect to Bill so hard. And I loved him so much in the game and the show. You, do you have a secret bunker in your place now? <laughs> you, are you thinking about it? You saw this episode and you're like... Where can I, I have dig? always wanted a bunker. We'll get into I I am full on prep. I am such a prepper. I have I don't want to give away my secrets because then people <laughs> are gonna come and take them. <laughs> so this is basically Ellie and Joel's journey is basically exposition time. And I do kind of like how they did it. Ellie asked Joel how it was possible that everything came crashing down on one day. And I kind of thought it was like, I think the writers have been looking at forums and Reddit. Right. Yeah. So that's the main question. It's it, And it makes sense. Everybody wants to know. And they're like, guys, shut up. It's the flour. <laughs> it's the flour and sugar. Uh, yeah. So Joel says the cordyceps must have mutated. And there are certain brands of food that's sold all around the world. And things like flour and sugar were probably contaminated and stocked on a Thursday. People bought it and made it that night or that morning and ate a bunch of it like shoving biscuits in somebody's like, mouth biscuit grandma and by friday night people who got sick were biting other people to make them sick and then boom explosion fall mankind um i did like when he was saying like all the ingredients that possibly could be contaminated he made a little pause before he said pancake mix i know I like, yeah i got you joe i see that ellie thanks joel for telling her and he says sure the thaw continues. Joel stops them and wants to go walk through the woods because he knows there's something up ahead that he doesn't want Ellie to see. But Ellie being Ellie is like, well, now I want to see it and keeps walking forward. And it's a mass grave. Joel tells Ellie that the soldiers got people from small towns to take them to QZs. But if there wasn't room, they would just kill them all because dead people can't become infected. And then that's how, that's our segue into flashback time, where it's September 30th, four days after outbreak day. I was a little bit worried we weren't going to get a flashback in this episode because it has been a pattern. Two times it's been a pattern. And it just and gives, we got all the flashbacks. It gives the world so much more depth. So I love that they didn't take that away. And I'm, I, it was a nice way to lead into Bill. But I, it was such a blink and you miss it, heartbreaking flashback to start on. Yeah, I didn't realize I thought it was going to be shorter than it was. Like I kept like the whole time we were wa I was watching, I I kept waiting for them to go back. Not waiting for them, but I guess trying to like wait for the other shooter drop for them to go into present day. I enjoyed all of it. Um, the military are in the town of Lincoln, Massachusetts, I'm assuming, gathering up all the people in the small town and then Bill's in his bunker under the basement of it's, he lives in a fucking mansion. A little colonial, a nice little Dutch colonial. It was not a little <laughs> colonial. There was like eight windows on the top floor when they did the wide shot. It was a mansion. He lived in a mansion in the middle of town. I didn't think Game Bill, knowing Game Bill, I wouldn't have placed him in that type of house. But there are a lot of things in this episode that I wouldn't place with Bill and they ended up working so well. I think it makes sense is that it's not his house. It's 
his family's house. Like, I think it's just something he, he's Bill, Bill, Bill's a bit stunted in life. Leave me alone, mom. We, I'm building my when, bunker. <laughs> <laughs> when we meet him. Um, so I do think I think a lot of it is he comes from family money and that's how he's able to do a lot of the survivalist things instead of like working like normal people, I guess. You don't really have time to build a bunker under your basement. Um, so the military thinks nobody's home because they can't find him. And then once he sees them leave through his cameras that are throughout town, which did he do that before? The, like he just knew it was going to happen. So he just like placed it was like, oh, that's just Bill, you guys. Let him be. Well, he absolutely is a paranoid, ultra paranoid person. So as a fellow prepper, you don't know what type of disaster is going to happen, but you know one is coming. So he he was just ready for all possibilities. And his family probably owned a town looking for looking at the mansion that's in this smack dab in the middle of it. So Bill, once all the military leave, Bill goes out and starts gathering supplies. I thought it was really clever how he got the the boat as his trailer to gather supplies. He starts fortifying Bill's town basically now. He, you know, he's putting up electric fences. He's keeping the natural gas on in the plants, which apparently that's just like one lever. Which, you know, gamer-wise, yes, that's absolutely true. <laughs> and, you know, making booby traps around for the infected and strangers that whole montage was so was was just so fun i think it said so much about him too especially at the end like because he's doing all these things like oh this guy's like a crazy guy but then you see he lives in this mansion and he makes this himself his like his fancy dinner and he sits and he sits down like alone to eat it i know that was it's just uh it's such a like nuanced sad thing because they did uh. so much with bill without telling it's, it was so good. Um, so then we jump to four years later. It's 2007. And alarm goes off as Bill is eating dinner, I think he was. And somebody fell in one of his hole traps. And that's when we meet Frank. I'm uh, so Frank happy was... we get to meet Frank. Yes, I know. In the video game, we... They the probably should mention the departure from the Bill and Frank story of the video game to the TV show is I think the biggest departure this game this show has made. Absolutely, so far. it's nothing. It's nothing like it's Bill nothing and Frank. like we didn't we never met Frank in the video game. Frank spoiler had died um already and he had left Bill. A hateful note. Yeah, a hateful note. They did it was, not it was, end on good HBO terms. HBO Frank is superior to. Uh, PlayStation Frank for sure so he's in the hole and Bill is surprised that there's somebody speaking to him basically he asks him if he's armed and Frank pauses for a while and then says no which obviously makes it more suspicious <laughs> and then Frank is like well I was thinking about lying and then I couldn't think of a reason so I didn't Frank is from Baltimore his uh, QZ fell and he was with a group of 10 that were trying to get to the Boston QZ um, he's the only one left Bill lets him out and he points him toward Boston. But Frank is like, I haven't eaten in two days. Can you, like, I don't know, spare something? And Bill's like, I don't want you telling other people about this man that has this town and this food. And he's like, Frank's like, I'm, I won't do that, I promise. And you already know that I'm not good at lying. Bill is still unsure. And Nick Offerman is doing such an excellent job. I he He's so good in this. I, I'm surprised by how... I've always liked him, but he's so surprised about how good he is in this. Out of all the character portraits, when they first came out, it was Marlene and Bill that I looked so at. I'm and an I'm idiot. like, yes. 
You know why Marlene is Jess? You know, because she's the voice actor and the mocap actor. Yeah, I didn't know that. I'm an idiot. I don't. I don't pay. T- I don't usually pay attention. So, like, if I hate somebody, like in a video game, I'm never gonna know. Who- I'm never gonna know anybody to at them to send them hate about it. Because I'm like, oh, I don't like this character, and I just move on with my life. Obviously, I didn't feel that way about uh, Marlene, but I didn't know that it was the the same actress. Is she the only one? I think to play to play her counterpart. I think so. I so I think they offered uh, the Bill's character the opportunity to come back, but he was doing uh, what's that HBO show with the pirates? Our flag means death or something. Whatever that show is. Oh, oh is that an? Uh, that's an HBO. Show? That's an HBO show. That an HBO so HBO he show. was on that. Oh, okay. So he couldn't do it. So then they offered it to Offerman. On I think. It's kind of cheating, but just knowing that Nick Offerman was playing Bill, you already knew his character. They did a really great job establishing his character, but I think having the backdrop of Nick Offerman playing him just sets him up so well. I feel like you can, if you if you make Ron Swanson a serious character, you can see the Bill in him in there. But he does he does a he does the dramatic so well. I was just so impressed of how much because Bill doesn't actually have a ton of words during this show, this episode, right? But he says so much with just his his eyes and his face and his body language, and he does it in this scene too, where he just he looks so uncomfortable. He's been he's been so used to being alone, and I think he's been so used to being alone that he didn't realize he was also lonely until Frank comes along. So, uh, Bill acquiesces basically and lets frank come inside and the next we see him bill is bringing frank some clothes while he takes a shower because bill still has hot running water because of course he does and that's a really cute scene too because it's like bill's trying to talk to him or tell him like he has like clothes and he can't hear him so he says it louder and then (laughs) awkwardness frank asks for like five more minutes because the shower is amazing he's like sure and then you realize it and he's like he says it louder and he's he kind of does like that stutter step Oh, it's just so good. So then they're going to have dinner. Frank's waiting in the dining, in the fancy dining room. And I love Bill just burst through the door. Like so awkward with the dinners. Um, And it's rabbit with veggies. Uh, Frank is a sophisticated gentleman. So he knows that rabbit goes very well with the wine that Bill has. Kujale villages. Which is such a good nuanced thing for Bill because like, I think Bill is largely considered kind of a comical point in the game. Like, yes, there's some gravity to his scenes, but like, you know, he's He's like almost a caricature. Yeah, exactly. And we get that care. We get those aspects of Bill in the show, but he's a guy who's like a foodie to some level. His parents' money are showing and he could be a prepper. But he can also have really great wine pairings and just like the two vastly different characteristics work so well together. Yeah, I, I really it, it also kind of like melds in like it's almost acknowledging that he did grow up privileged too, right? Like he's he's also Bill is also a sophisticated gentleman. And when Frank points out that it's the wine is perfect with the rabbit, Bill gets all self-deprecating. He's like, I know I don't seem like the type. And I like how Frank just kind of looks at him. He takes a minute to like just look at him and he goes, no, you do. And I think it's like one of the first times and not even in the post-apocalypse, but probably maybe the first time that anybody's really seen Bill. Which was the changing point 
for Bill letting Frank in in the first place. I think I think right away Frank saw through Bill, even with the guns pointed at his face. And I think Bill, maybe not at that exact moment, but I think he kind of knew he was being seen and he was like, you know what? I don't hate this. Maybe let's do dinner. Right. I think it's one of those. We just we'll just do dinner. And then, you know, I'll get like kind of like my fix or something and then I'll let him go. And then it just goes to more. And then after dinner, Frank wants to play the piano that he's been eyeing the whole whole time. And um, and this is like just another moment where he's looking through the music books and, you know, Bill's like, oh, those are my mother's. He's like, oh, I know, I know. I'll find the perfect one for you. And he finds um, a Linda Ronstadt book and he sits down and I kind of love he plays the piano not very well and he sings terribly uh the long long time song from linda ronstadt and i kind of i just like that it was like not everything not everybody's perfect at everything kind of thing and you can see that it, it's affecting bill bill stops him and again like i just i just have to i'm gonna mention it a ton of times i think just the body language is everything in this you can see like the way he's holding up his his shoulders are up to his ears and he's just kind of hunched over bill and he's just so he's so uncomfortable with i think being seen in this way um but frank convinces him to play and he sings slightly better but still not that great um the song but the feeling yes with feeling feeling. (laughs) yes um and then frank asks him who was the girl and the bill says there is no girl. It was a soft launch. <laughs> yes, it was. It was. It was a soft probe. It was just, just to see. Um, and then Frank's like, "I know." And he puts his hand on Bill's shoulder and he leans down to kiss him. And then um, Bill kisses him back. And then when we see them, Frank has tears in his eyes and like it's going down his cheeks. He asks for Bill's name. Um, Bill does like a little nod and he says, "Bill." And then Frank tells him to shower. So fair, fair. so fair. <laughs> so fair. It was just so interesting seeing like this gruff character being gently cracked open by a complete stranger, which just speaks also to Frank's character, right? Because he he's he's a let's make the world beautiful, let's do let's heal everybody around me. And Bill is so affected by that when he is so determined to make the world stay outside. I mean, I didn't think of this just until now, but they are kind of like two sides of the same coin for the Tess and Joel dynamic too, right? Like that was definitely paralleled. Yeah. In the episode. Um, Bill, Bill is, you know, the gruff protector and Frank is the people person. He can see people and I don't think he is during this, but he can definitely use that to his advantage. And I think that's probably how he got four years into the apocalypse, you know, because I would make it five days. I'm I'm not a people person. I almost got fired once because a customer didn't like how I didn't sound like I enjoyed my job <laughs> on the phone. And you, you, to be fair, you were like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I know. See, it's my regular voice. I had just started and... I don't know. I, I didn't have that customer service voice yet, which I have it now, but I developed it. Uh, Frank then is waiting naked for naked. for Bill in his bed while Bill takes a shower. Um, Bill is clearly nervous. Um, and Frank is just he's as sweet as you can be about this whole thing that anybody can be. Um, he asked Bill if he's ever been with anybody. Bill says it's only like a girl a long time ago. And he's like, and Frank's just there's like a nod and he's like oh i know and he's 
he treats Bill kind of almost like a a, a little a little rabbit. Like he's just very slow with him. He was he's, so tender. He's, he's so tender. He's very gentle. He says, you know, he talks him through it basically, which is just so sweet. And he's just like, I'm going to start with the simple things. But before we go, I just want you to know I'm not a whore that does <laughs> and And I don't have sex for lunches, even like great ones. Um, so, which in the apocalypse, that doesn't make you a bad person. No. Honestly, if you need a lunch in the not apocalypse and that's what gets you lunch and you're hungry i say go for it do what you need to do to survive people i don't judge you on that and he says like so after after they're together he's gonna stay a few days is that okay and then bill just kind of nods and goes yeah so then we fast forward to three years later it's 2010 and frank bursts through the doors of their mansion i will never not mention it's a mansion uh they're in a it's a man. Look at the wide shot. It's a mansion. It might not be like a celebrity Beverly Hills mansion, but there's definitely like nine windows in the front of the house. Like <laughs> no regular it's house. It's definitely has nine a windows. made in America family. Yes, that the the placement of the house, how big it is, and whatever that family owned Lincoln, Massachusetts, is what I'm thinking. Um, that's why he also had cameras all over the place. Um, they're in a fight. Frank wants their home to look nice he wants to be able to slap a bit of paint on it on the the house and be able to mow the lawn bill thinks it's a waste of resources but because they are a communicating couple even in a fight bill stops and he's just why is this so important to frank and frank says paying attention to things is how we show love and frank just wants to just frank just wants to show love to where they live together and he also wants to fix up a couple houses because they're going to make friends and he's been talking to a nice lady on the road and he walks off <laughs> and they want a boutique. <laughs> um, and then we cut. Oh, so I really, I in the game, uh, Frank and Bill's, from wh- what we gleaned from letters and, and, you know, just stuff, they had a contentious relationship. So when this happened, I was like, oh, no, this is it. Same. This is, this I, is oh, where they're going to break up. Oh, I, every, every moment of this, and I guess if you haven't played the game, you don't get it. But I think this, I think this episode was so much more stressful because i was counting down the seconds until whatever this beautiful thing was just completely got torn apart i was like when is frank gonna make his turn when is bill gonna drive him out like what's gonna when is this like i was just waiting for the other shoe so sweet so the betrayal would be so Uh, awful i think i texted you too i was like they're setting this up to hurt me the most (laughs) i mean (laughs) and in fact they did they did it was absolutely succeeded but like i think every single one of these scenes like they not all of them were long right but like every single one of these scenes was done so well and told us so much about their relationship it was a relationship in snapshots but we knew who they were we know like their mo and it was by the second scene by the fight scene when he's like oh and by the way i'm making a boutique i head over here is in love with them but i also <laughs> liked how it wasn't an instagram snapshot right it's not all the good moments all the sweet moments. there was tons of them there was tons of them but then we also see the contentiousness of their different personalities you know just like that's just this is gonna happen in a relationships of opposite of tracks right like but I like that they showed that there it wasn't a hundred percent like it wasn't like happy fun times in the post apocalypse in their little town. It couldn't be. I mean, look at how many people got divorced during COVID because they had to spend time with their, <laughs> exactly. with their partner. So 
They're and they didn't have fight. the internet. Frank could build it. Frank had the radio, though. He did. He had his little 80s songs, and he had his little <laughs> radio friends, his AIM. He's back on AIM. <laughs> um. So then we cut to Tess and Joel. And let me say... I don't know why, and I, in retrospect, I really should have. I did not expect Tess in this episode. I knew there was going to be a flashback to when Joel met Bill because of the previews. But for some reason, I just blinked out that Tess would be in it. So then when we saw her, I like I I audibly made a noise. And I'm not I'm not a highly outwardly emotional person, but this one, I was like, oh, Tess, <laughs> there she is. It made just, me realize how much prosthetics. I don't know. It made me realize how much they're making they did him look to older. Change her face. Yeah, she looked. She was just young and vibrant and alive and so and so happy. <laughs> as happy. Those few years of the apocalypse didn't seem like Joel and Tess. Even Joel in those scenes looked fairly relaxed. Like it, he wasn't. And maybe because he was like shopping around for a client, but that chip on his shoulder wasn't in that scene at all. Right. It didn't seem as... And it makes me kind of interested in to when Tess and Joel met, because this was seven years after the fall, basically, because it's 2010, right? Um, we're still in that three years later range, uh, the, the 10 year, the what, a 2010 range. And I think Joel... Do you think Joel's spoken but not shown shitty pass is with Tess? I I, I largely think so. Tess alluded to it too. Right, but I I don't know if that's in the like they're just hardcore smugglers way. Like they're just like they'll do whatever they need to for their supplies. I don't know if it's because I don't. I will get it. Well, I think I think we'll probably need to get into it next episode. I don't know. I, I'm just wondering like how how long how long has Tess and Joel's relationship been before this point? Right. I meant to look obviously it up. Maybe we have... maybe we'll look it up to see if there's lore. But from what I've gathered, it seems like they have been together for a large part of the outbreak well i mean yeah if you this this is just seven years after so even going from here if you like say maybe they've been together a year or two before this it's still the majority of the outbreak because there's 20 years later is when we meet them it's still like a good 13 years or so um but then it's like what happened between 2003 and 2000 let's say seven or something that's just I think maybe I think we're going to touch on that a little bit next episode, maybe. But they're having a nice little cute lawn lunch, a little a little uh, civilized lunch, um, except Bill has a gun on the table. <laughs> Didn't it look like Joel kind of had a I'm sure he it had was... it like he's I bet you he's an under the napkin kind of guy, like on the lab kind of thing. Yeah, he's got I don't, I don't need to show you my gun. Right. <laughs> Tess is doing her schmoozing thing with Frank. They're really good at it together. Um, and she says she gets it. She really preached having a civilized meal in a beautiful place. Uh, Frank and Tess are already thick of thieves. Thick as thieves. And he wants to bring her inside the show or something. And then as Bill is protesting, he continues to bring Tess inside. And Tess completely ignores Bill. That was such a good moment. I love that even Tess was like, no, uh, whatever. Like, go no, we're show, dealing me with what, Frank. show me this guy, this grumpy ass guy. Let him do his thing. <laughs> Bye, well, Joel. I think she sees she sees that Bill is, uh, is Frank's Joel, right? Like... She's like, no, we got this. We're going to go in the house. You guys can chat chat. Wasn't it, wasn't one of the points, I didn't really pick up on it in the game, but in this episode, especially later with like uh, the notes that we get, it kind of seems like Bill was framed as Joel's extreme. 
Yeah, I would say. And I and I think even in the game, it seemed like, uh, and I think from the letter we get in the end, I think we don't see it, but I think Tess and Bill also formed a pretty good relationship, I think. Um, and I feel like it was implied in the game, too. Just, in the game, it was more implied. In the game, it was implied that, implied that Bill likes Tess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screw Joel. But yeah. he liked Tess. <laughs> So uh, Joel and Bill are left outside. Joel is like, look, if my, and he pauses and then looks toward where Tess went, which chicken wing of love. You can't take <laughs> it away from me, show. You can't take it away from me. Brought strangers into our situation. I wouldn't be happy either, but get that fucking gun out of my face. And I like, I think it's interesting how he is like, we're decent people. Cause I know they're trying to sell themselves to Bill and Frank, but then like 13 years later, they're just like, we're shitty people, Joel. Right, 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 right. I guess maybe they haven't taken that turn yet. No, I think they're just selling themselves. I think they're just, you know, they're in their little collared shirts. They're in the nice little shirts. They they took a shower. They took their little rag bath or whatever they do at the Boston QZ. And they're presenting their best selves for this person who has a really nice setup and could be helpful to them. I think that's what they're doing. Um, So you're not going to be like, I'm a shitty person. <laughs> By the way, your friends is broken. <laughs> you only do that with uh, when you're trying to threaten a teenager to, <laughs> to not act out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, Bill's like, we're self-sufficient here. We don't need you. And then Construction Joel comes out. He's like, that fence is going to fall in a year. I can get you stuff to make it last your lifetime. And he looks toward the house and he says lives, which I'm, I'm like, so smart. There you go. Um, and then as they're leaving, Frank and Tess are coming up with their music code system. And Bill is no Frank. Uh, all the names. Joel is warning Bill about he's like, you're not going to have to worry about infected. Your setup's good for that. Fedra's not going to come this way. What you need to worry about is raiders. They're not going to come quiet and they're going to come at night. And Bill's like, I got this. But you can tell that he's he's taking he's taking in what Joel is putting out. It's good foreshadowing, too. Yes. Just uh, I think so many people. Fair enough. This is like a quote unquote zombie infected show. So I think a lot of people come in being like, "Okay, that's the main threat. But, you know, it's not it's not it's it's the people that the the bad people the worst people that's the story of any post-apocalypse isn't it right because shitty people are going to be shitty the world fell but not everybody that like the whole population didn't die and so who you need to be worried about is not the reason the world fell it's It's very clear raiders are going not even in this episode with like they mentioned raiders i think every single episode the guy in um the guy looking for slavers and stuff and stuff like that yeah so the first episode the second episode and now this one raiders are coming up soon well and then and no, Joel telling Tess, no, uh, sorry, Joel telling Ellie earlier that he's on the lookout for people not infected when they're walking the road. Um, So then we jump another three years. Is it three years? No, there's one four year. Um, So we jump another three years and it's 2013. The barriers of Bill and Frank's town are now fortified with uh, stacks of cars, which I think suspension of, well, I guess Bill probably has the tools, but I'm like, do you have like a forklift? He went to the like, homie depot, get... the homies depots. He got he got depot. a tractor or whatever you use to put cars up on there. The progression was nice. This might be my favorite Bill and Frank moment, though. Frank is making Bill exercise, and Bill is struggling. Which I feel you, Bill. I cannot run. I once tried to pick up jogging again, and then I couldn't do stairs. My knees are very bad. <laughs> I had I had a very sports filled youth that I did not care about my body and now I cannot do things. I try to um jog and I got this whole little outfit with like really expensive <laughs> shoes and I got Bebop, my dog at the time. I'm like, all right, we are now oh, joggers. And we got two blocks down Fifth Ave in Brooklyn 
and he wrapped around me and tripped me so hard. I hit my face so hard on the sidewalk and this woman was walking, was crossing the street towards me, looks down at me in disgust <laughs> and keeps going. <laughs> New York. Never, never ran again. <laughs> Um, Frank has a surprise for Bill. It's strawberries, which I didn't realize that's what it was at first. <laughs> like what, little red things. Okay. Um, Frank traded one of Bill's guns for a packet of seeds with Tess. Uh, Bill's like, what gun? He's like, it's just the little one. Out of your 320, right. you're fine. <laughs> um, and then they have the sweetest moment where they're eating where they eat a strawberry together and bill does the most fucking adorable giggle i have little ever giggle. heard in my goddamn life again it's those little moments like the the life that they chose to give to bill because they could have easily gone the other way and made him like the off the deep end type right. of person and continue just to make him this character caricature of that end of the world doomsday prepper but it's like the the fact that they give him the dude yeah (laughs) but they just gave him a cute little giggle as he enjoys strawberries oh Oh my god it was i i i don't know i i can't remember exactly when my text was to you but i think this might have been one of the moments where i'm like they're gonna hurt me with this (laughs) they're just gonna (laughs) they're gonna hurt me with this so then they're like enjoying the strawberries together and bill kind of has a moment and he's he apologizes to frank for getting older faster than frank is and frank is like i like getting older older remains we're still here and they hold hands and then bill tells frank that he was never afraid before they before he showed up and um they kiss but do not have sex on the strawberries they traded a gun for that they're important <laughs> resources um and then it's nighttime and raining the raider that joel the raiders that joel warned them would come have are here they set off a bunch of bill's traps i didn't know that's what their poles those those poles he set up in the beginning were for that was his connected to like a gas line but it sets pretty much almost everybody on the fire bill wakes up alone and he's looking for no frank Frank. wakes up alone (laughs) and he's looking for bill um and bill is already of course already outside shooting the shooting at the raiders Um, you know a lot of people on twitter took uh had an issue with this scene because bill was just standing out in the open shooting but i thought that was such a bill absolutely bill that's like absolutely a thing bill would do just like being so irate standing in the open and taking everybody on pure peak bill i think it's just he's like offended that they would try to like invade his space so he's just he's he totally be one of that per, that character in any kind of thing where they just walk out from cover and just start going bah, 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 just start shooting it you know the the other side i i thought it was 100 percent bill i was not shocked about this at all but frank distracts bill when uh he calls out to him and bill gets shot not a smart move no uh frank helps bill back inside and sets him on a dining table to get to treat his gunshot wound, which is in his like in the standard movie gut area where everybody gets shot. I think that's where Joel got shot. Maybe Joel got a little bit more in the love handle in the first episode. Yeah, I mean he was. I think he got grazed. Shot, yeah, he but... was grazed. I think she took the bullet. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's you know he basically thinks he's a goner, and he tells Frank that there's a list for him, copies of all the keys, and for him to call Joe. 
Joel because Joel will take care of him. Frank shouldn't be alone here. And Frank is just, and Frank, oh, it's such a small moment, but Frank kind of just looks up and he goes, but you're here. And, and the, re like, the reassurance during all of it, they're like, oh, you made a list? Nice. Key's yeah. great idea. He's so good. I wonder if he was kind of, I wonder if he had like some sort of kind of emergency medical kind of background for this. Or I maybe he's just that, that much of a people person. After, like at, paired with this scene too, now that you say that, but because of a comment he made yeah, about himself later, I was wondering that. Yeah. I think, he, yeah, he, who knows, but I think it's possible he has some sort of medical background because it does seem like something like an EMT would know to do as somebody's like panicking or something. So as they're still, they're holding hands this whole time too. And cause they hold, they're, they're hand holding couple. Bill keeps telling him to call Joel and you know, we kind of played the black on the whole thing. <sighs> Did you think he died? I didn't think he was going to die. I think I was still stuck on the game. I was stuck on how we met Bill in the game this whole time until this scene. A little bit same, but I... And even, even then, I was still kind of stuck until the end of this saga that we're about to go through. And then I was like that. And then I think I texted you. I was like, oh, that's interesting because how, it. how they okay, flipped okay. it. So it's 10 years later. We're now back in 2023. Frank is on the front porch. I... This shot, I thought it was Bill. I thought this was Bill. Uh, Post getting gunned down. Yes. Like, because he got shot, you know, like maybe like it hurt him more than we knew that it did or, you know, but not killing him. But it's Frank in a wheelchair on the front porch and he tells Bill it's cold. And Bill comes out and takes him back aside. He's like, let's get you warmed up. Frank. The worst switch. The worst switch imaginable. Yeah. If you like my text is the what? 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 This, <laughs> wait, yeah, what's happening? Like, uh... That's <laughs> is i i would oh, they got me with this they they really got me with this uh frank is then painting and i thought this i think this they just did so much without saying you know i know this is funny because i keep this is a showcase and how much they can do without saying anything that i don't think they've done with joel and tess and we're shitty people kind of thing yeah because they show so much like bill is watering the plants that Frank cares about. And you, you know, know, Bill doesn't want to waste those resources. Right. That is drinking he, water. <laughs> he gives him a sweet wink while he's, uh, he's, you know, he's watering them because paying attention to things is how we show love. And Frank taught him that. And he's showing Frank love by keeping these flowers alive. Um, and then they're having dinner and Frank is just struggling. He has like a little adult sippy cup kind of thing because you know he doesn't have he has he has motor control that's obvious bill reminds him to take his pills but frank can't get the baggie open so bill helps him and i thought it was just really it's just bill is so sweet this whole time i can't stand it i like i'm like i'm like just remembering it now and he like hands him the pills he's like one orangey right a little and whitey <laughs> The big, a, the big roundy. The big roundy, yeah. And I'm just like, you're killing me, you guys. You're just coming, killing me. Like, maybe, maybe this will be our discussion a little bit later. But, like, coming from the game background, like, even in the game, right, I'm kind of taking this as canon to some degree. Obviously, this kind of turned sour in the game. But, like, it's so hard seeing Bill, obviously, Bill being this, like, not necessarily cold, but he's very standoffish. He doesn't want people, he doesn't want people in his tribe. But then seeing him being so, like, loving and as carefree as he can be, right? Because he's still Bill. And then knowing that in some, some form of him transforms into the Bill of the game just was weighing on my heart so much. 
I think the bill of the game is the bill we saw if Frank left during their fight that we saw earlier. Yes. Um, but I think we also in the game, like, yeah, we can get, we, we can get into it um, later. But I think the bill in the game, we did see kind of the sweet moments, too, when he was reading the letter that Frank left him. You know, he's kind of like all Frank. The, you know? Yeah, some of the nuances were there. They yeah, just yeah, took yeah. those and broke our hearts they, with them. <laughs> they expanded to the point of heartbreak. <laughs> um, so then Bill helps helps Frank to bed, kiss, gives him a really sweet kiss to goodnight. But Frank is laying awake. Um, and when Bill wakes up, Frank has gotten him into his wheelchair, himself into his wheelchair. It took him all night and he's fucking tired. And Bill is angry because he's going to make Frank's feet turn blue. <laughs> And Frank is like, no, it's not because it's his last day. And then devastation. <laughs> the chest, like the chest slam. The WWE backhanded, I don't know, fist bump that they did to me in that scene. I wasn't shocked by it, but it was no less devastating. Like I like, felt you this knew was, something coming. was coming. This, yeah, something like this was coming. Um, but it was no less devastating. Um, and then we're in the living room. And again, let me just, again, the body language that nick offerman is doing for bill he like looking away just the, like oh, the tears. way that he got his body to look so small on that couch like just it didn't even look like he was scrunching in he just looked so small and vulnerable and his face was just a pure image of sadness like that was a man who knew his life was ending right frank's life was ending yeah but his life was ending and he not even slowly he you saw you saw the realization in every curve of his body i master class just master class i didn't i've only known nick offerman for park and rec Parks and Rec. I think that's the only thing I've seen him in too. I've heard I, he is a great actor. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know he had. I didn't know he had this. I did hear comedic actors are really good dramatic actors though. Um, but he, I, I was not expecting just this level of. I'm holding my nose like it's bleeding, but it's not. But I'm just yeah. so stressed still now. <laughs> it's just the the level of you don't have to say anything. It's just all in his face and his body. You can just and feel oh, it. I don't know who's the actor who played Frank. Oh, Murray wait, I get, Bartlett. I updated Murray our list. Bartlett. Okay, I need um, to get. I need to get much better at this. But the intensity between them. I don't know if they knew each other before or if it's just being good actors, being good actors. But you, the the intensity between them was so palpable. Yeah, that they, they both of them did. Uh, I just think it's more subtle with um the actor he played Frank, just because of Frank as the character and you know just the difference in but he also did a very good job it's just you know bill had just the more dramaticness of the character to so it's more obvious but yeah frank also did an amazing job or murray bartlett did an amazing job with frank and he really brought him to life in such a great way and it's just as many maybe even more subtle ways um, so Bill tries to change, change Frank's mind about what if we find a doctor and Frank says what, like the MRI salesman or whatever, door to door salesman. He's like, there wasn't a cure for this before the apocalypse. So I want to ask you, what do you think his illness is? No clue. And I think I'm no clue, which makes sense, right? Because would they even know? I have two guesses, but one I'm leaning harder toward. 
like uh, ms or something i'm ms ms is the one i'm kind of leaning toward at first i was thinking parkinson's because he was a little shaky but i think maybe this far gone he'd be a lot more shaky but like multiple sclerosis i know also is not great for mobility and things like that um, it makes sense that they don't clear because how honestly how would they know right right but it, it does that scene it does seem like he knows though right that's what made me seem like that paired with him kind of just gently talking bill through his uh gunshot it made me think that maybe that was where his background was right yeah so yeah i'm i'm leaning hard toward multiple sclerosis um but it doesn't matter because the end result's the same uh bill i don't know if, if it could have happened even more but bill's face just crumples even harder and he looks away trying not to cry oh my god he's just I so good in this won't lie i let out a sob during <laughs> this. I'm like, i can't do this i didn't want it like this <laughs> not like this not like this and then uh frank asks bill to come closer to him and he says i'm not gonna give you a whole speech about how this was all rainbows and sunshine between us but he's had more good days with bill than anyone else and he wants to basically have one last good day with bill and he wants them to go to the boutique where he's gonna pick up their clothes Knife and they're to gonna the get married it was it was nice i think we're just we're we're so conditioned in media with I don't know if it makes sense or not, but, you know, relationships are wonderful and they're grand and they're these perfect la-la days. Bill and Frank were so amazing because not only were they real in the sense that there were like these middle-aged dudes who were in love, but the fact that they were like, we fought and we had awful days. I still love you, but right. you pissed me off, but we're going to have one of those good days now. I don't know if it's, rec- I think in media, I think... I don't want to say writers can't do it. I think I think maybe writers are conditioned to not do it because of just, you know, things like, oh, the moonlight effect or something like that. So what they do is either they put up a bunch of stupid obstacles that even if you think this is your OTP or whatever, by the time you get to it, either the show needs to be ending or you know once they get together, somebody's going to cheat in like the next two weeks or, or the miscommunication's going to happen right. or they're going to be separated for a season. Right. Like they don't, they don't know or they, they are unwilling is what I think to write relationships like this. And maybe it's just easier this way for them because this is contained in one episode. But I do think it's possible. It's po- if you, if you have couples on a TV show that aren't the main focus, you can see how it's possible. I don't understand why you can't, whatever. I'm just, there are those. Stop bringing up my ships, people. And the, like, I wish I, when people ask me direct questions, I completely blank, but like Naomi and Holden from The Expanse, I mean, they have miscommunications and things, but they they work through them. So it, there 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 are ways to have a, establish a couple and have them work through goals together. But I think for the drama, it's you know yeah. more alluring to have. I just don't think. It, maybe it's just because I'm older now, but I I don't I I don't like I don't like that they don't even try. I don't like that I know that once somebody that I'm shipping or whatever to get together that I know this is the beginning of the end and if they don't get together then it's just gonna be years of pointlessness I just I I wish they would try to do something different with that stuff with main shows let people be happy and let them navigate issues together or let them get in a fight without going out in the bar and like sleeping with the first person they see or something or and we'll talk about this because 
we did learn that um i can talk about this off camera but uh we did learn that there's going to be a season two now of last yes. of us and if it follows to the game then we can talk about it more in depth but i do have a pet peeve about what they did in last of us too uh, and that's kind of along those lines so he tells them that what their day is going to be like and then at the end of it they're going to have dinner after they get married they're going to have dinner bill will take this baggie full of pills and crush it and put it into the wine frank will drink it they'll go to bed and he'll fall asleep in bill's arm bill says he can't do it which i get i get you man um, Frank asks if Bill loves him. Bill says, of course, yes. And then he says, then love me the way I want you to. A theme. Yeah. This is this whole episode is all because two people fall in love. Um, Title. <laughs> I was going to do Bill and Frank forever, but I'll, <laughs> I'll do the other one. Bill and um, Frank mash episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I knew how to do it, I'd make it be like a heart and then their yeah. names. <laughs> Bill, they're walking through the, though, Bill's taking Frank to the boutique and they're going through the town. And we see that the flowers are also maintained throughout the town. Again, it just shows, it shows their love, I think. Um, And then they're both in suits and they exchange rings by the piano where they sing the song kind of together. And their dinner is the same rabbit dinner that they had, what is basically their first that date sequence. now. That sequence. Just, I, I know once, once the first happy moment, you don't know it, but that first happy moment, or I guess you do know it, that knife touches the tip of your chest. And then all of these moments just pound that sucker in harder. I knew it. I just didn't know it was going to be, it was going to be this and it was going to be this much. Like I was like, oh, this is in the beginning. I was like, oh, this is really sweet. Whatever, whatever, whatever. But I know they're going to break my heart. But then it's just like, then it was just that text. You said I said that in a you, text. Somebody yeah, you, said, me. you said that in a text. And in, in, way, in, in a lot of ways, it's so much better and happier. But in so many ways, yeah. the fact that it's better and happier makes it so much more heartbreaking and worse. Yeah, it makes it more devastating. Absolutely. So it's their first date dinner and the same wine. Um, afterwards, Bill comes out with a different bottle of wine and these huge wine glasses. He pours a ton of crushed pills into what looked like a tiny amount of wine to me. You gotta, you gotta make sure the job o- is done. <laughs> this is only because I needed levity in this moment, but like I got stuck on it. It's like that wine should be sludge right now with the amount of <laughs> crushed pills that were in there. It's like slowly draining down yeah. your neck. <laughs> and you can kind of see like this little bits of it. But Frank gulps, gulps down his wine in one go. And then Bill does as well. And that's when Frank understands. And he asks if there was pills in the bottles, too. And Bill tells him that was enough to kill a horse. Bill's going to go with Frank, basically. Um, Bill tells Frank, this is the this is not the tragic suicide at the end of the play. I'm old. I'm satisfied. And you are my purpose. Uh, you Frank- are my purpose is the most romantic line at this point ever. Frank agrees because he says he does not support this. But objectively speaking, this is incredibly romantic. <laughs> And then they hold hands again and uh, they do a little laugh. Frank tells them to take him to bed. Bill comes up, comes up and they have like another tender moment. Like this would be like my thumbnail for the episode. This this when he's holding him, they're still holding hands. And uh, Frank is just kind of resting his head against his chest. And they're still holding hands the whole way as Bill takes him to bed. And then we're back with Joel and Ellie. They're at the gate. Joel puts the code and they go inside. But Joel knows that something's wrong. Because the flowers, the flowers are wilted. Uh, so they go into the house. Um, and as Joel is looking, Ellie finds a letter with car keys attached. Bill wrote the letter to whomever is 
whomever, but probably Joel. And Joel lets Ellie, which I thought I thought was really nice. Uh, I thought it was a really kind of really subtle moment. But Bill, Joel lets Ellie read the letter. It was. Because and I'm going to so read the letter. Of, like so much of Joel is saying no and don't do that and give this to me. Right. That yeah, like it that it was like an olive branch. So I wrote out the letter. I'm going to read it because it's a really good letter. And I think it ha- it's a, has a lot of implications for the future. Um, so it's August 29th, 2023. Oh, I meant to go look at when the first episode, what day that was. Do we know? It might be. I'm just wondering how long it's been since Joel and Ellie have been on this journey. They died. Because I do know when they left. Oh, I think it's just this 20 years later. I didn't write down the date. But I just, I know when they left is when the radio came on with the 80s song which we do learn was an automatic thing to do if they haven't touched the computer in a while. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is the letter, August 29th, 2023. If you find this, please do not come into the bedroom. We left the window open so the house wouldn't smell, but it will probably be a sight. I'm guessing you found us, Joel, because anyone else would have been electrocuted or blown up by one of my traps. (laughs) (laughs) And this moment was really well done by Bella in... um, that's Ellie. And then she kind of just looks up and she's like, oh, wait, this is a moment. Take anything you need. The bunker code is the same as the gate, but in reverse. Anyway, I never liked you, but it's like we're friends almost. And I respect you. So I'm going to tell you something that you'll probably be the only person who will understand. I used to hate the world and I was happy when everybody died. Everyone died. But I was wrong because there was one person worth saving. That's what I did. I saved him. Then I protected him. That's why men like you and me are here. We have a job to do and God help the motherfuckers who stand in our way i leave you all my weapons and equipment which he won't take because he doesn't play a video game uh, <laughs> and use them to keep and ellie stops because we know what it says so El- uh joel snatches the letter from ellie and he reads that it says to keep Tess safe joel and i i also needed a moment <laughs> and he goes outside he reads the letter again and he crumples it um and he sees he looks at the car keys that bill left and he goes into the garage and sees the truck there's no battery but bill disassembled it and kept it in the fridge and i guess that's good it, it, it makes batteries? them last longer okay i don't know God, cars. don't you know anything about prepping <laughs> <laughs> My car once, my old car, when I was living in Virginia, had, me and my friend had gone to this Korean restaurant and it wouldn't start. <laughs> and it was raining and we got out the car, we opened the hood and we both looked at it and we we're like, I don't know what I'm looking at. And he's like, I don't know what I'm looking at. <laughs> then we closed it and we went back in the car. So he comes back inside and tells Ellie to show him her arm. She shows him and it's still the same before. It's not like an infected. Um, he tells her that he rebuilt the truck battery and it's charging now. He needs to go to Wyoming because that's where Tommy is and Tommy's in trouble, he thinks. But Tommy used, also used to be a firefly, so he might know where the lab she's supposed to go is. Then Ellie wants to talk about Tess, but Joel stops her. And this is a moment from the game that I, I was actually worried about in the beginning of this episode that they, were, they weren't going to do. Because I thought it was a really good moment that they needed in the show, too. Joel stops her and tell her like if he's going to take him, if he's taking her with him, there's going to be some ground rules. Rule one. You don't bring up Tess ever. And they don't happening. talk about their histories, but that line was more important. Rule two, don't tell anyone about her condition. And rule three, do what I say whenever I say it. Ellie agrees, and then they start gathering supplies. And because Ellie's a practical post-apocalyptic girl, she gets the toilet paper. My my one ick, can I just say, I thought the letter was well done, and I love that it mentioned Tess. But, and maybe it, it might depend on how the season goes. And maybe I'm still riding the grief wave from last season. But, and Tess, again, was the tether between Joel and Ellie. 
it just it kind of hurts that Tess's death is used to propel the relationship between Joel and Ellie because it is their journey and Tess isn't part of it. And, you know, Joel asking Ellie to look at the bite mark after he reads the letter is like his renewed, like, let me look at your arm. This is real. This is what Tess was fighting for. I'm going to protect you because, yes, that's who I am. And I try to fight that. I'm letting kind of like that crack open a little bit wider. So I do like, a part of me really likes it that, you know, they use the memory of Tess to kind of spur Joel on a little bit. But part of me is like, oh, do you have to like use her death to highlight Joel and Ellie? And I get it. I, I understand why and I like plot wise, emotionally, I think I think I'm still a woman burned. See, I didn't, I didn't see it that way. Um, I saw it not as Tess so much as a prop, but as a reminder, another reminder of how Joel would think he failed. And I don't know, almost like he didn't say it, but almost like he made a promise to her. And it's kind of like that in the game, right? It's just we didn't have all this in between before that. Yeah. We got this part like right after. Um, and he's doing this for Tess right now. It's not, it's not about, this is not about Joel and Ellie right now to me, other than I know what is going to happen in the future, but. Right, no, it's like her spirit, her spirit has like, you know, guided him on. No matter what Tess thought, he, he had feelings for her too, you know, even if maybe he just didn't express them and she didn't realize, but this is, this is for Tess because, you know, he failed Sarah in his mind. Uh, He failed Tess. uh, And so this is the last thing he could do for her. Yeah. While also accomplishing what he wants. So they find, they go into Bill's bunker. <laughs> Ellie once again asks for a gun because he has so many. Joel says no. And I'm just like, if I found a room like this in the video game and I couldn't take all those guns or at least collect their ammo, I would cry. I would cry and I would like, I don't know. It hurts. It hurts to be like, take what you can. And then they, they take like a little backpack. They it's have like, a ah! whole truck. <laughs> they have a whole, they could take everything. They have a truck. That's the, the point of a truck is for transport. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, and then I love this. I was also a little bit worried about this too. But this is how Ellie finds the shirt. Yes. The Ellie shirt. This is the shirt that Ellie wears in the video game. She gets it in another way in the video game that we can talk about when when we whenever we get to that and then ellie tells joel that they're both going to take a shower because seriously and then she makes a little face as she walks off and then the thaw thaws a bit more and joel has a little spark on his face and he kind of has like a little banter he had he has a very similar banter style that he had with sarah in the first episode like that's getting there he's he's a very i don't want to describe it as cool dad but like a chill dad with a teenage kid kind of banter it does remind me a bit of like me and my dad you know like we kind of had that little like jokey back and forth kind of thing that i really like about them and i think the more it kind of seems i don't think ellie is like sarah but i think the way they kind of relate to each other is similar and the more that happens the more joel joel's barriers break down um while joel is taking a shower ellie finds a gun and stashes it in her backpack. <laughs> it's Frank's gun, too. No, it's Bill's gun. Sorry, it's Bill's gun. But it is the gun Frank pulled out when the Raiders came. I think it's in that same drawer. Joel almost catches her, and she tries to play it off by being a smart ass of like, well, don't you look pretty? Um, and they go out into the truck, and Ellie is super excited because she's never been in a car before, and she says it's like a spaceship. Which is a nice little nod to the game again. Yes. Yes. And, you know... 
a character information. Like this is some like she wants to fly in a place. She wants to fly in the sky. She you know she likes spaceship. This is like a spaceship for her. And I love this little moment. This might be one of my favorite moments for them right now. Um, Joel tells her to put on her seatbelt, and she gives him like the blankest look because she has no <laughs> idea what a seatbelt is. And the fact kind of like hits Joel, right? Like. Oh my god. So he reaches over and shows her where the seatbelt is. She looks so excited to be leaving or to be in the car. She finds a cassette tape in the glove box. It's Linda Ron Ronstadt, the Bill Bill and Frank's music partner or whatever. Art Bill and Frank's song. Um Joel Joel. Joel <laughs> asks her if she knows who that is, and Ellie's like, Of course I don't know who that is. I don't even uh, know who that is. <laughs> yeah, neither did I. Neither do I. I still don't know who that is. Um, and the song Long Long Time, the one that Bill and Frank were singing together, starts playing as they leave. And then we pan out and we're looking through Bill and Frank's open window in the bedroom they spent their last moments in. And that is the end of this very perfect episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for absolutely changing everything. Not everything, but for making such drastic changes, man, so beautifully done to the point that I'm not even mad that Ellie and Bill didn't get to have their antagonistic relationship. I'm not mad about it. Yeah, I have, a, I have it in my notes. I said part of me wants to say it's a shame we missed out on the Bill and Ellie moments from the game. But honestly, I'm totally fine with that in order to get what we got in this episode. Like I wrote that down. <laughs> yeah, like, like, and so much of Bill's playthrough is uh, a player moment, right? We're we're actively right. playing through some pretty brutal scenes in the in the game. So I understand why they chose to completely change Bill's entire arc, and like they captured the essence of him. He's 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 fully. Oh, he's a hundred percent Bill. There. Yeah, he's, he's, I reckon, see, this is what we were, what I was saying when we were talking, I think in our first episode with about like what we feel about what makes a good adaptation. Like you have to keep the essence, you don't have to keep everything exact from the source material. And I think this episode is the perfect example of how you can deviate so far from it but still keep the essence of what it was in the game to make it honestly i think they enhanced they made it better i wish there was a game there was a way we could have this relationship in the game as it was whereas like in the game i feel like the relationship now is just like oh frank was a dick <laughs> frank could have right? been this but frank was a dick in the game and he abandoned bill i don't i don't know how i'm going to feel when i replay it next Fuck you, Frank. Yeah. You deserve what happened to you. But you could have gone like, out like this. They took this character, like, they took this crazy old man who giggles over, like, blowing people up and murdering trespassers. Maybe I wish the one thing that they could have kept was him having, like, those clickers on change and, like, macheteing one of them. Mm -hmm. to give us a little bit more weird bill but like they took that character and they were like you know what he giggles like a schoolboy about strawberries <laughs> or they could have had a moment where joel like came into one of his traps i'm just thinking about when the upside down section of the game that's so terrible but i want it i want somebody else. i want the character to suffer for it i yeah they i feel like they deviated from bill but in all the right ways they didn't this was bill 
this was absolutely who he was as a character and just expanded in all the I, I i can't get over just how good it was i didn't expect it to be so good we didn't have joel and ellie for like 95 percent of the show and i didn't miss them at all i didn't i was so enraptured by that story i'm like you guys you guys can wait <laughs> Yeah, I didn't realize that I wasn't, I guess in a way I was waiting for Joel and Ellie to show up again, but only in the context of how they did in the game. I wasn't like going, oh, come on, where's Joel and Ellie? Let's get on with this story. No, I was just thinking, I was like, this is going to end so Joel and Ellie can meet Bill or something like that. But when they came, like, but I wasn't, I didn't miss, like, I'm happy to go back to their story, but if we want to delve into this world a little bit more, I'm happy to do so as well. I it was it, the the episode also maybe I already mentioned this, but it was also a snapshot of life in the apocalypse that we don't necessarily get to see. We with with Bill and Frank, but also that little glimpse of that poor mother and her child. Yeah, which yeah, with the said soldiers did but those weren't federal at that point right that's just regular no, that, that was the government yeah that was before federal i just i don't i feel like with every single episode i can't i'm not done grieving the first the one before and they're like okay that sucks for you because here here's this whole new heartache and i'm i'm eating it i want it i want to be crushed yeah as much yeah i had you know i already spoke about it. i had some issues with the way tess went down in the last episode but I was no less, and I, I didn't realize how crushed I was by it all until we saw her again in this episode. And it just, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, oh my God, there's Tess and she's alive. And she's like, she looks so good and healthy. And it was just, there was no way to do it. Like, you know, episode wise, it would have been nice to have snapshots of Tess before she died. I think that would have made her death a little bit more impactful. Like obviously now it hurts. And I, I hope we continue seeing Tess, even in tiny little bubbles here and there. It just, it hurts seeing it after. I wish I wish we saw it a little bit beforehand. I kind of but... yeah. I kind of like seeing these characters how they dealt with the outbreak in the beginning. Like I like seeing how Bill was. I want to I want to see. I want a flashback to how Tess. That would have been nice. I don't want to. I don't want to give up the flashback we did get in the second episode. Um, I thought that was really important, but I wish there was some way we could get a test in the beginning. Well, do you know how? Do you know how the second last episode, second episode was supposed to open? How it was supposed to open? Yeah. No. So maybe maybe this might be a spoiler because the show might include it, but the showrunners also talked about it in interviews. Uh, it's so out. It's out. If, yeah, if it's out, it's out. So originally they were going to have the episode open on like uh, a door and then somebody pounding on the other side of the door. And then we were going to get a view of Tess and her backstory a little bit. And we find out that um, she she is a mom and she had a husband and she had to like kill her husband and she couldn't kill her kid. And that pounding on the door would be revealed at the end. I think uh, the kid that she left in the house in that room locked the up. Infected? She the infected? She kid was infected. Yeah. They she caroled her? her? They caroled Tess? They carol? Yeah. I'm like, who the hell is Carol? <laughs> yeah. They caroled Tess. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And I think. So that's Did they I, film it? Did they say they filmed it? They they said they I think they said they filmed it, that they just couldn't figure out a way to make it fit into the episode. So maybe we'll see it or maybe it'll be hinted at. Interesting. I would I'm I would be interested to see it. Or maybe hopefully if, if they don't find a way to fit it in, they can release it at the end of this 
the season as like an extra or something a deleted scene because that'd be interesting oh man that'd be really interesting yeah i want all the flashbacks i want it gives if they me could more do, faith like, between in their character-based choices at the beginning miniseries i'm all there for it too like you know how battlestar galactica used to do those little miniseries between- my favorites I love seasons, seeing how yeah. things start. That's just I'm, my favorite period in anything. I'm mad at Battlestar Galactica, but I think they did good work. We're mad at the same. We're mad for the same reason. They did boomerang. <laughs> saying, I just want that out there. Uh, yeah, this I wouldn't be surprised. And I know there's, I know there's so much more to come. This, this is just the third episode. You've got seven left, and from just the game experience, we know there's so much more to come between joel and ellie and and i wouldn't be surprised if this if this non joel and ellie episode is either my favorite or top three top two people top- who get screeners say that this is the best episode in the series which people would be get- wild considering that ellie and joel are not in it <laughs> do people who get screeners get the whole season i don't know i don't i don't know i thought screeners were like the beginnings or like the first few episodes or something I, well maybe from what they've seen so far oh but it you also know what, just though? paves the way for such heartache to come yeah if they can do this in one episode imagine what they'll do with seven more especially with like other characters we're going to be introduced to yeah i'm and i just need to the find time a... that joel and ellie will have to be able to develop next episode is definitely going to be a shift in their dynamic i think like that's going to be like a turning point in their dynamic Based off yeah. of nothing. That's just my assumption. Yeah. At this point in the game, they had gone through the hotel, right? And there was at a bit of a shift At this point in the game, they're, they're vibing. Kind of. Kind of. A bit. But there's still a whole you can't have a gun thing. Oh, is this is this the point in the game they've already gone through? No. No, this isn't. They've already gone through the hotel, right? I believe. Maybe not. I thought the hotel was right after. No, because I, I don't Tess. think Ellie. I don't think Ellie had a gun in the hotel. No, she didn't. She took. She took the gun from somebody else when yeah. uh, they were trying to drown Joel. So I think it was like the hotel. Yeah, because they're going through the hotel to still find Bill. They haven't found Bill yet, right? But I think um, in. I think it's still. Ma- it's in. It's so weird now that I think about it. It's so weird how they were able to match the turns of the relationship with the turns in the game, because they don't meet Bill here whereas let's say at this point in the game this is the part where they meet bill and i feel like it's the first time for me that i felt like a real thaw in the relationship of bill of joel and ellie is when they were interacting with bill and ellie tries to beat bill with the pipe that bill handcuffed yes, her to so good and, bill and that is the her. first moment <laughs> that i really warmed up to ellie in the game and i didn't think of her as just like a leon leon kind of person because even though we're kind of at the same spot in the game and i don't know maybe because there's just but like gameplay doesn't count as narrative right right so it's kind of weird that the game where we are in the game everything feels much further along but again i think part of that too is like going through the same section 25 times because you keep dying i think in the game their relationship is a little bit warmer but i still think it's pretty close to each other right now from uh where we're going into the next episode into where we were with them this there might be a little bit colder in the show right now because they didn't have all those moments with bill that we had in the game that i felt like really warmed up their relationship but i think they bonded over bill (laughs) right i think overall they're almost they're really close and i think the next episode is where we're really going to take that jump but Focusing on this episode, I, there's just nothing. There's just nothing bad I can say about it. There's no, I have no complaints. I thought maybe after the second watch, I would find something because I I'm really good at that. 
<laughs> but no, I have no complaints. I think Nick Offerman did way more than I thought he was going to do with it. And he, way more than I could have imagined that anybody could do with this character. The way they deviate and adapted is just, it's whoever wants to adapt books or movies or whatever they're adapting, they should watch this episode and do see it how it's way, done. Yeah. It's, it was just so perfect. Nick Offerman, all the credits, he get an Oscar from this episode, I don't really, or whatever it is, Emmys or whatever they do. It Whichever just, those awards he, are. He subverted. When I saw Nick Offerman on that poster, I'm like, okay, they are going wild. Like we are going to get a wild outlandish bonkers episode and i was so happy for it i was so happy for it oh yeah i was totally excited of what i thought he was gonna do right and what he did is not what Just i thought he was nothing gonna do similar and there was a part of there was, there was one part kind of like i think maybe towards like the second or third uh, uh flash vignette with with frank where i'm like this they're they're not meeting Ellie. Like it kind of hit me that they're not meeting Ellie, and I expected this anger or this wave of disappointment to to hit me. It was a flashing moment, and then it was gone, and I was right back with them. And like as we're pretty hardcore game fans, yep. right? Like like we're those people who like could potentially pick up our pitchforks, but just there there was no re like no. It didn't even cross my mind. To be upset. I can't even find I don't know where my pitchfork is. Like it's it's somewhere with Tess's story. I don't know. Right. Like we we maybe we buried it with Tess. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's I made a Karen for it for Tess. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It 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 surprised me in the best of ways. I I did not expect this at all. And I've been pretty I've been keeping pretty offline with Last of Us stuff. I'm not really joining the reddits or the forums or whatever which sometimes i'll do with shows i kind of want to just experience it as it comes like i i don't read a ton of articles there's just that one article that i sent you but um and i'm kind of really glad i did because i got to experience it in this way and i feel like i haven't really experienced something like this in a very long time with a show and i don't know it's so far so far it's uh, the best episode of the series right now and i know it's only three I just think it's going to keep that spot. The fact that it's only three is like wild to me. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't remember the last time that I have been watching any media and been so absorbed in it and had my emotions, like genuine emotions, like fill me. Yeah. I'll be honest. I got a little annoyed at my dog because she was sitting (laughs) next to me on the couch snoring during these moments i'm like are you kidding me right now do you understand what i'm going through i am here for all your anxious moments i've been with you all week during your stupid footage issues and you're just snoring like a sociopath i was sobbing i'm not i'm not there's there's no there's no point in even like trying to lie about it i'm gonna rewatch this with max and i'm gonna be sobbing again You you guys does he watch it after you? Uh, we usually usually like uh, we we watch it together, but I couldn't watch it last night, so right, right, right. he didn't watch it without me. Has he played the game? No, I've been trying to. He's watched me play it. He only plays um oh my god, what's that called? He he only plays Fortnite really. But he said <laughs> before this show came out, he did say that it is a game he might consider playing. So maybe now if he's watching this show, I'll get up to play. I think he'd I think he'd really love it. Does he? Okay. Have you watched him? You so you, that means you've never seen him play a game like this. So that means he might not be somebody that opens every single drawer. That would be sacrilegious. <laughs> can you just can you just have to sit there and like next to him just like 
No, I think, my, I think my neurosis is going to be like, go, you go back. <laughs> and then this is how you break up. He's like, you know, you have to get the the cloth. You can't just leave the cloth. You make like, sure you can't, you're you filled can't up. Use all your Molotovs right now. You only, like, what if you're going to need them? Like, <laughs> go back to your checkpoint. <laughs> is he liking the show, though? He really likes it. Yeah. And we we struggle we really struggle finding shows that we like that are the same i didn't think he would like it but i mean i he's asking to watch it which is wild it's super it's you know (laughs) that's testament to how good this is it crosses all boundaries (laughs) final thoughts perfection it really honestly there weren't enough tissues to hold my emotions i full faith and Back to full faith and how they're going to handle certain characters and changes. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I think it's, I might not like everything they do, which I haven't. I think I've liked 99% of it, but I trust more now in what they're doing. I think I, I, I mix if uh, I just, I can't, I don't understand. It's so good. They just did such a good job. (laughs) I'm like I'm out of words for it. They just so they did such a good job. So I think that's it for episode three of The Last of Us. Thank you for joining us. We hope everyone listening enjoyed it as much as we did because I don't think we could have gushed about it even more than we did. Um, if you enjoyed this episode of our podcast, please rate and review on whatever platform you listen to. Uh, you can find us at on all social medias uh, at Two Fireflies Pod. Um, it's T W O F I R E. F-L-I-E-S-P-O-D. And if you want to send any thoughts or opinions, then you can email us at twofirefliespod at gmail.com. Our music was Frozen River by Alexander Nakarada. You can find them on serpentsoundstudio.com and on free-stock-music.com. And until next time, I don't know. Keep sobbing. Keep uncontrollably sobbing. Paying attention to things is how you show love. Learn from Frank. Uh, Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. Bye. (laughs)